Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Daniel chapter 6. I want to read the first seven verses so that we're aware of where we're starting and where we're finishing with our reading. Verses 1 through 7 say it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, everyone say first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes. Be careful when you're preferred above. It was there because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful. Hear me now, he was in private who he was in public. He was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Since we can't get after him, let's get after his beliefs. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said unto him, King Darius, live forever. And with the start of flattery on their lips, they begin a lie. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, the princes, Counselors and the captains, they have all consulted together. Knowing full well that Daniel had not been part of the discussion, they've consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions." We're dealing here with Daniel who has been taken out from his country. He's been pulled away. We know in Daniel 3 we read about those boys who would not bow. We feel the similarity in the story here in the sixth chapter. It's at this moment and even before I pray that I want to let us know standing for God must be our unwavering resolve. But there will be times when we need the strength and the power of an almighty God to simply help us be who we are called to be. Your character doesn't have to change when your situation does. Your resolve does not need to be destroyed when your situation is affected. He's your God in the good times, but he's your God in the bad times. And with that, I want to preach today about 
when the den becomes dangerous. I, I want you to lift your voices with me right now. Jesus, we love you. We worship you in this house. I pray you'd help me to preach with wisdom and with clarity. I pray you would bless the men and the women that are in this room. I pray your work to be accomplished in this house through the preaching of your word and the response of your people. We ask it in Jesus' name and let everyone say amen. God bless you and you may be seated. As you're seated today, I want to acknowledge the times in which we live. It is my goal that each and every person in this room has been praying for Israel. For we are instructed according to Scripture that we are to pray for Israel. And at the acknowledgement of that, I also want us to know that we are not against any country. We are against evil. We are against the works of darkness. Amen? And as we pray for Israel, it is important for us as believers and as Psalms tells us in multiple books of the Bible, acknowledge Israel and what it is meant to be. I, I would ask us a question here today, certainty that Israel would not consider the current circumstances of this land. So I bring us back. If Israel lays down all of its weapons, not all of its abilities of war there have been some power on in those laws that could think that in order to be for Israel you have to be against others when what we're for is the kingdom of God what we're for is righteousness amen in this story that we are looking at and reading in Daniel chapter 6, we are reading about one of the children of God who has been taken and giftings and abilities are no doubt there within him. Not only does he look the part, but he is the part. He is blessed and he is effective not only in the kingdom of God but now for the kingdoms of this earth and pulled here and serving Darius in such a manner and he is not just good ladies and gentlemen he's great to the people in this room that like to do well at stuff Daniel was doing well the problem with doing well is it made some people pretty unhappy I would remind us here today that there are people that don't like when others succeed. There are people that struggle when others begin to be under that obvious blessing. And when they were looking at Daniel and they were looking at his life, they could not help but notice he is faithful in every area and he is successful in every area. They had the same title, but they did not have the same favor. I want to remind us here today, titles don't bring happiness. Titles and roles alone don't bring happiness. You may get the new job and still not be happy. In fact, you could get the raise and still not be happy. If you're not determined within your heart and resolute in your determination that your greatest core value is to please God, then I would tell you it doesn't really matter what title you get. 
you'll still feel yourself lacking. And that's what's taking place here in the book of Daniel. You have Daniel who is wearing the same title, but yet it makes the note that he was first. And he's wearing the same type of authority as others. But, but they are looking at him and recognizing the favor that has been granted unto him. And that favor that has been granted unto him has brought some great uh, dissension, as it were. There was contention among the other individuals, and so they wanted to begin to work against him. And I am preaching today to individuals in this room that need to hear me very clearly. Some people in your life have been set as a divine setup. They might feel as though they're working against you, but I have come to remind you that if God is for you, if God is fighting on your side, even the voices that have been set against you cannot prevail. I'm going to preach that for a minute. Your boss is not really the one that's in charge of your final blessing. You're, he's not. The coach, the, the HOA, the different institutions and workplaces, you might want their favor, but their favor should never be at the compromise of your faithfulness. Their favor should never be at the compromise of who you are. And so I want to start this service by reminding us that what they were mad about in Daniel was not his flesh. They were mad about his connection to God. And so much of what we're dealing with in the world today is not anti-you. It is anti-Christ. And we've got to be okay if they're if they're against me because of my connection with God, it is not going to make me less of a believer, less of a proclaimer, less demonstrative about who I am and who I choose to be. What they're after is your belief, but you've got to come to the determination. Whether they like it or not, I'm a man of prayer. Whether they like it or not, I'm a woman of prayer. This isn't just who I am in public. This is who I am in private. They ought to be able to search out in every area of my life. I am a child of God and I don't rise and fall on the opinions of men and women. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody here today that who you are in God is not determined by whether or not the world likes it. Yeah, well, if I don't bow to them, I might not get advanced. That's not the truth according to this book. The truth according to this book is your unwavering resolve should be to the one who saved you, the one who picked you up and turned you around. Come on. The Bible says it this way, out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So no, we will not bow to the idolatry of this world. No, we will not be capsized by the seas of compromise. We will stand firm with our shoulders square and our heads and our hands lifted high and say there is no God like Jehovah. There is no Lord beside, come on, beside him, there is no other. I worship the Lord unabashedly. I lift praise to him without a shameness. Come on, who in the place today would say he is worthy? If you believe he's worthy, say amen. What about when people don't like it, Daniel? I'll tell you what you do. You pray anyway. You seek God anyway. You be true to who you are. They might have brought you out of the country, but they didn't take the God out of you. And some of you in this room, you are living through unfamiliar circumstance and territory. But I've come to tell you today, the God of your today was the God of your yesterday and the God of your five years ago and the God of your 50 years ago. If he was good... 
he is good. And if he is good, he will be good. And you could either let the current circumstance deter you from praise or you could simply say, I am who I am because of the goodness of God. If you know he's a good God, shout amen. I'll tell you what they hated. They hated that Daniel was faithful to God. But they hated it through the image of jealousy. They hated it through the image of jealousy according to James 3 and 16 where envying and strife is. There is confusion and every evil work. While I have focused on this story, I've learned about it. Where I was raised, they would say from knee high to a grasshopper. I don't even know what that means. Just little, I guess. But we learned about Daniel and the lion's den. And what we learned and talked about the most was the provision of God. And it is the purpose of the story that God was able to keep Daniel. But before we get there, I want to focus a little bit on what got Daniel there. What got Daniel there was the jealousy of the people. Jealousy will destroy you. It will destroy your mind. It will destroy your heart. It'll destroy your spirit, and it will yield confusion and every evil work. Jealousy will bring that greed, that envy, that root there will destroy you. Hear me right now. We are not meant to compare ourselves among ourselves. And yet we know that we live in a world that is saturated with that very thing. When we're meant to bear the fruits of the Spirit, and there is supposed to be meekness. Meekness is not weakness. We're meant to acknowledge that it is God who has elevated us. But the men that are playing out this story in Daniel 6 are the very same spirits at work in this age when we are comparing ourselves amongst one another. It was appropriate to acknowledge here that in Cain and Abel, that same jealousy was happening. And it is appropriate to acknowledge jealousy was the issue here. Now, I will remind you it was a setup for God to show himself but we've got to understand that God can allow us to go through some seasons in our modern and especially our western way of thinking if we're not careful Daniel being led to the lion's den would be the demise of Daniel Daniel must have failed Daniel must have failed privately. He must have given in. That's not what happened at all. It was the setup for God to get glory out of this. And I need somebody to hear me here today. What you're dealing with right now because of the jealousy of somebody else or the envy or the strife of someone else, if you will keep your composure and if you will... If you will keep praise on your lips and you will keep gentleness in your spirit, at the end of this, everyone's going to have to say, Daniel's Lord, he is Lord. Daniel's God, he is God. Don't, isn't that really our goal anyway? We're not wanting anyone to worship us, but we're wanting them to be able to acknowledge it must have been the Lord that brought them through this. It must have been their God that brought them through this. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me today. That's our goal. Let everybody in Indianapolis know the people at Calvary Tabernacle, the God they worship is able to shut the mouths of the lions. He's able to deliver out of the greatest of situations. It can never happen that in the church the thinking of the world becomes preeminent, begins to prevail where we compare ourselves 
against the temporal successes. If that be the case, we start looking when others get credit and we try to find things wrong with them. They received a little glory. So we wonder what's going on secretly in their life. That's what happened with these men. They weren't mad that they didn't have the title. They had a good title. They weren't mad that they couldn't call some judgment. They could call some. But what place, I ask this congregation today, what place do you have to get to where you are so deceived within yourself that you can straight-faced lie to the king? They had so convinced their own minds that they spoke out of both sides of their mouth and they go to King Darius and they tell him, we've all counseled together. You haven't all counseled together. To which I would speak to us here today and say, I don't want others speaking for us. That's why we shouldn't be a silent majority that sits by idly and lets others talk for us. We've been given a voice for validation and we need to raise our voice. Come on, I don't, want, I don't want what Calvary is being determined by somebody else. I want to be excited to speak about what Calvary is and what God is doing. and what. Well, you know what Pentecostals are. You know what we ought to do is rise to the occasion and say who Pentecostals are. We are one God apostolics. We believe in righteousness and separation. We also believe in miracles and signs and wonders and demonstration. And if it comes down to the lion's den or stopping praying, I'm going to keep praying, baby. If you got to lead me. The challenge against his blessing was tied to who he was privately, and he was a man of prayer. And I submit to every believer in this room, if we lose prayer, we're not believers. Regardless of every gifting, talent, and ability, if we cease to be people of prayer, we cease to be people of God. I want to say it again. If we cease to be people of prayer, we cease to be people of God. Even if you don't recognize how much you need it right now, you might be one decree away from a lion's den that the prayers you're praying might need to keep you through. Because lion's dens are real. There's a famous painting from the 1970s that came out of Britain. I want them to show this. This was Daniel's answer to the lion's den. It's probably the most famous or known. And I've got to tell you, in all of my desire to be a great man of faith, I'm not interested. That's the 1970s version. Let's show the modern AI rendering. That's the. Looks pretty cool. Not interested. And I would like to think that everybody in this room would say, Give me the lion's den. Until. And in that moment, Brother Hauk, we're probably a little closer to, I believe, help thou my. Unbelief. But I want to believe that scattered through this room, if it really came down to it, there are hundreds of individuals that would say if it really came down to whether I could be a man of prayer or a woman of prayer or be led to the lion's den, then I would be willing to do whatever it takes and whatever it costs me. Because I'm going to tell you right now, it's basically the world we're living in. How could you dare stand for God? Don't you know that to stand for God in this day and age, you must not have love when we know that God is love. And You're welcome to open our event, but don't you pray in anyone's name. 
then I can't pray for your event. Had a student ask me the other day, what would you do if they allowed you? My pastor himself was praying over a university event a year or two ago and prayed over that university event. He said, here I am, a Pentecostal preacher. They just asked me to pray. And after I prayed, I prayed and ended it in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, some radical heathen chased me down the hall, screaming at me, saying, you were not supposed to pray in any name. He said, I whirled around and looked at him and said, when you get me, you get that name. You say, well, that's not, that's not tactful. You listen to me. It's always right to stand for God and to stand for truth and to stand for righteousness. We are not going to make kingdom advancements by being backward and bashful and lethargic. Let those who are for the kingdom of God arise in this hour. And if it be the threatenings of a din, Daniel is our witness. He bears the illustrative truth that if you stand for God, he will stand for you. But let me ask you a sobering question. Had Daniel not made it through the night, would his stance have been accurate? I would say to you, yes, a hundred times yes. Brother Losh, if Daniel would have been led down to that lion's den and he never would have made it through the night and Darius would have been repulsed at the writing and his own actions, we still should be preaching here today and saying when it's right to stand, you stand anyway. Whether God gives it your Come on, I'm going to preach this for a second. But God gives it your way or another way. Whether he answers the way you like or the way you don't, then it's still right to stand for God. But I'm glad to rise to the occasion and tell you the biblical truth is Daniel did make it through the night. Daniel was there. Yes, he was let in. Now, 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 think about it. It's easy to be strong until you feel the warm breath of a lion. Come on, some of you talked in tongues just trying to take a test. <laughs> some of you had deep prayer meetings after you said the wrong thing, after you messed up. Who besides me would have a come to Jesus minute meeting in the... Be crossing your fingers and praying at the same time, you... But Daniel went in with the favor of God. And Daniel was going to walk out with the favor of God. Hear me today, if he brought you to it, he can get you through it. If he brought you to this moment. Yeah, but I don't know that God brought me because these people, these people were conspiring against me. I began to speak to my wife last night. I was laughing about this because I started preparing uh, about Daniel and the lion's den. And, and it's been on my mind all this week. And then last night I'm trying to prepare. I said, every time I think about Daniel, I start thinking of Veggie Tales. When you got four kids, this stuff happens. Oh, no, what you going to do? The king loves Daniel more than thinking about it, trying to pray through it and consider it and figure it all out. I got veggie tails going in one part of me. And then something hits me from the other side and makes me rise to ask everyone in this place to tell us that we must be very careful because it seems to me in this story that it was easier for God to shut the mouths of lions than the mouths of some men. And the power of death and life. When we speak, let us speak life. 
and let us speak godliness. Let us speak encouragement. The building up one of another. Listen, people got flaws. You don't have to be the one to point it out. I'm not preaching that to you. I'm preaching that to the people that are maybe going to watch this. I'm, I'm preaching it to myself as much as I'm preaching it to anybody. I don't want him to be able to send an angel that can shut the mouth of a lion but not cause me to shut mine. When Darius has brought this news that it's Daniel, he is grieved. He is vexed in his spirit. He does not want Daniel to suffer this persecution. It troubles him so bad that the Bible says he cannot sleep. He would not eat. He lays awake in his bed that night. He waits for dawn. And at dawn, he runs to that place and to the stone. And he cries out wondering if Daniel is alive. And he hears those refreshing words. Let the king live forever. The Lord sent an angel. Do we still believe in stuff like this? Come on, I'm asking you. Do we still believe in things like this? That the Lord can send his angel to shut the mouth of what is meant to devour? My God, I feel that right now. I know you might be in a den situation, but the Lord can send an angel to shut the mouth of the devourer and everything that's been set against you and has been caused against you to devour you. You can rise up in the morning still saying, blessed be the name of the Lord. I want to remind us here today, in the evening time, it's good to say it, but even going into the lion's den, it's still good to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. When you hear their stomach growling behind you, blessed be the name of the Lord. When things are going your way, but when things aren't going your way. When it's a good day, but when it's a bad day, blessed be the name of the Lord. And when he cries out, Darius comes to a decision. And this is what I want us to hear so much today. I want us to hear when the den really becomes dangerous. Because Darius calls those men who have risen in jealous accusation. And he says, I don't want you to just get them. I want you to get their wives. And it grieves me to even read this passage. I want you to get their children. It's not that those lions were not hungry. It's that their mouths were shut. They wanted to feast on Daniel, but Daniel had a higher connection. And it is hard to visualize, and I don't want to be graphic in nature, but I do want us to recognize the dynamic that when those men, and not just those men, but those men and their wives, and not just those men and their wives, but when those men and their wives and their babies... The Bible said those lions, they, they ravished them. They, their bones were broken up before they could even touch the floor. They destroyed that family. Man of God, hear me. You cannot let jealousy get in your spirit and it not end up affecting your family. 
This is family month, and I know whereof I preach right now. We are in a competitive world that is a dog-eat-dog world where everyone is against everyone. And if, if we're not careful, it would even try to creep its mentality into the church, and it would get amongst us. It would get amongst brothers and sisters. And instead of just honoring the success in someone else, we would find ourselves posturing against someone else. We need unity in the church. I said we need unity in the church. We need to be able to let one another shine and one another succeed and one another be exalted and one another be elevated and one another be... Yeah, 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 we need it in the church. We're a team that's working together, but I would remind us here today, even though one, Psalm 133 talks about that blessed and that good unity, what it, what it reveals and what it brings to pass, that these men that were against Daniel were unified. They were just unified outside of the will of God. Unity outside of the will of God will still bring long-term loss. It doesn't matter if you can get a few people on Facebook to agree with you. Come on, I'm pastoring a little bit right now. To people that are watching online, just because you can get a few people to side with you doesn't mean that that unity yields success. The long-term result of any time we unify outside the will of God is long-term loss. So let it be said about we who are believers that say, even if others don't want to stand with me, I'm going to stand for righteousness. Even if others don't want to stand with me on my behalf, I'm going to stand for what's true and what's pure and what's holy. Who are you, Daniel? I'll tell you who I am. I'm a man of prayer and decree or no decree three times a day I'm going to be opening up my window and I'm going to be remembering who I am I was a man of God when I was in my home country and I'll be a man of God in this foreign place and if my prayer lead me to a den I'll be the same man of prayer in the den that I was when everything was good in my home country but my geography does not determine my devotion I am who I am regardless of what people say about me regardless of what people think about me because the only time the den gets dangerous is when it's utilized against those who allow jealousy and envy to rule their life. But I got news for the devil. We're not having any of that here. The people of God are not interested in any of that. We're fighting for one another. We're lifting up one another. We're encouraging one another. We're not against one another. We're backing one another. And devil, if you want to fight one of us, you got to fight all of us. If you want to come after... Boy, I feel like preaching for just a minute. Where are the parents that would say, if you want to come after their kids, it's like coming after our kids. We're not going to point fingers or critique. We're going to join together and fight together and pray together. The den becomes dangerous when it's around our desire for our own advancement rather than his. I want you to stand with me in this house and I, I want us to lift, I want us to lift our hands and begin to ask God for the resolve necessary to stand with determination in this hour. Come on, I want every voice to be lifted. Prayer warriors, I want you to lead the way right now. You're going to help others feel empowered to pray out loud. This is who we are. Come on, people of prayer. This is who we are.
People in this room, under the sound of my voice, you got family dynamics that feel like the den. You got work situations that feel like the den. There's people under the sound of my voice, you don't understand why they've conspired against. You're in the den, and everything in your life is trying to make you question if God really loved you how could you be here but I've come to preach to you on this Sunday that the God who gave you the strength to get here is the God who's going to get the glory when you get out of this you got here because you wouldn't bow you got here because you wouldn't stop praying they tried to make you sign some document you wouldn't sign. They tried to make you go along with some ideology you said no to. They tried to get you to compromise on your beliefs. and You feel like all this good and I've ended up feeling the warm breath of a lion on my neck. And I've come to tell you, but if you'll keep your faith in God, you'll never feel the teeth. You're never going to feel the teeth of this. I've got a unique call. We're in family month, but I'm preaching about Daniel, and so I'm calling for every man of God in this room that says, I'm not going to allow jealousy or envy or strife. I'm not going to allow worldly comparisons. And I'm not going to denounce who I am as a believer. I'm going to stand for God even when it means kneeling for Him. I'm going to praise and I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek Him and I'm going to serve Him. I'm going to ask others to follow. But I'm asking first and foremost for every able-bodied male in this room that wants to serve His kingdom. Whether you're married or not, whether you're young or old, regardless of your age, I'm interested in your desire right now. And if that's you, I want you to come. I'm asking you to come as close to the front as you possibly can. 